0: I'm no stranger to the rain, Carson Dilly, but I want to ask
1: you a question. What's that, Macho Man?
0: Metallica rocks. They're the bomb, brother. What him but how'd they get
1: beat? Well, we've got people at home watching. they got to hit that 900 number and vote for their favorite fan or their favorite wrestler. What are you doing to get ready for the next eight days here? Are you pumping some iron, or what do you do to get prepared? Uh, drinking adult beverages. What do you think about that? Look at the deal. Mwah! Me and Macho Man
2: have the same training routine.
0: I'm a rock fan, but uh, this classic old school Tommy Boy, like after the Baton, close on that's the bomb.
2: Let's move on later on tonight. There's a match between Chris Benoit and Scott Hall. The winner to meet you for a title match at Super Brawl. Yeah, the United States Heavyweight Championship. I'm so, yeah. I should have free
0: reign as to who I defend my title against. What? What about El Dandy? How about Dean Malenko? Oh, come these,
2: on, El Dandy. Come he's on. a great
0: wrestler. I don't know why you guys uh, shuck on this guy all the time. You know, he's a great, great professional wrestler
2: press play
0: there's the magic finger pressing day on yeah
1: the wrestling club with darren and brett we've got a show that you'll never forget, forget, forget.
3: greetings Scrapple fans and welcome to wfmu's wrestling club the only space that's safe for all wrestling fans whether you're casual laps obsessed or ashamed my name's Darren Maybe broadcasting from my spring residence here in the McGinley Square section of Jersey City. My bedroom, to be exact. Well, I'm back from uh, my special assignment last week. Uh, I hope you missed me. I missed you very much. Uh, but I'm back this week, and we got a lot of wrestling news to talk about. I think, I don't know, I haven't watched any wrestling. I hear there's a lot of big news. I hear there's been a lot of amazing uh, 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 business Changing reunions in, uh, in in the sport of professional wrestling in the last few weeks, so we're gonna get into the news. We got some WCW deep cuts to get into as well. We'll be taking your. Uh, we're not gonna do anything else. I don't know. Anyway, let's uh, introduce you to my tag team partner coming to us live via satellite from Hollywood, California, the Garrett Bischoff to my West Briscoe, Brett Davis, Brett.
4: Uh, Darren, it is a huge day to be a wrestling fan because this weekend, aces and eights made their return. I'm so delighted.
3: I'm trying to do. Did they have a hand signal? I feel like it's like a three. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like don't know. Was... I don't know either. We legalized weed in uh in in Jersey since the last time we talked, Brett. So I'm high.
4: You're a little, little loosey goosey. I'm a little, little loosey goosey. It's
3: gonna be mm-hmm. a very gonna be a very like impressionistic episode of Wrestling Club this week.
4: Yeah. And you know, we are uh, we're, we're trying out StreamYard this week if you're watching. Woo! So welcome it to a little weird. You know
3: what? We're the big dogs in this yard. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you said it. You said it. <laughs> this is our yard, StreamYard. Uh, oose?
4: Don't we know. don't oose.
3: <laughs> it's a different gimmick. That's like three gimmicks ago, right? <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, well, let's just start casually saying oose. that'll be popular. Uh, we have a, uh, a special guest, you might say the D Lo Brown to our Garrett and Wes Briscoe,
3: coming to us from Florida. She is the one and the only WWE Hall of Famer. No, wait, Brett, do we have Tammy on the line?
4: <laughs> uh, you know, Tammy uh, had to kind of ghosted us, really. Uh, we had Tammy Sitch booked, um, aka WWE Sunny, the most downloaded woman on America Online. Uh, I enjoy but... destroying lives.
3: <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
4: anyway. Uh, no, Tammy was never booked on the show. She's in prison now.
3: kill, uh, <laughs> Kelly for killing
4: like? rightfully <laughs> yes, so or not even that it's like she's only in there because she refuses to not drive
3: when she's drunk she loves <laughs> driving when she's drunk it's something that she enjoys doing I'm saying you know let's get her let's put her in jail yeah that's where she that's where she needs to be.
4: someone that's not going to go in jail is our real guest if he... a, 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 a former guest on the show talking about Bobby the brain heenan uh, this time we're getting into his specialty. Let's welcome Tom Green to Wrestling Club. Welcome back. Tom. Uh, thank you. I'm always happy to
5: fill in when one of your guests uh, kills somebody a couple weeks before you book them. So thank you. <laughs> you for being on. Nope. <laughs> Not
4: even our first Nope. Not even our first wrestling murderer.
5: <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, it's a pleasure. Love the show. Love being on. And I'm excited to dive into some of these deep cuts with y'all. This oh,
3: evening. I'm yeah. so excited. I know nothing about what we're going to see. Everything is new to me. I know Brett has uh, has a lot of clips uh, queued up. So I'm going in with uh, virgin eyes. Is that what I should say, Brett? Oh, uh, It's mm. not the only thing virgin about Darren. <laughs> I've never fucked. <laughs> never once.
4: Yeah. Someday. I'm rooting for it. But, Thank but uh, you. yeah, you are the empresario of WCW Deep Cuts, uh, it is a really great Twitter presence. Where you, my you do, yeah, how do you describe it?
5: Um, it? It's essentially me justifying the fact that in my spare time, instead of doing something productive, I just pull up uh, old episodes of WCW TV on my Google Drive and watch those. Or at the gym, when I'm on the on the elliptical, I'll pull up like an episode of Main Event. And that gets me to go to the gym is the clout that I get from people retweeting Scott Steiner dumping somebody on their head hundreds of times.
4: Now, WCW Main Event, for somebody that's a bit more of a casual viewer, this was the biggest matches in WCW history on Main Event. Am I Um, correct?
5: To to the 500 people in Cobb County, Georgia, that were in attendance for them, yes. They They were huge. (laughs)
3: Uh, Main (laughs) Event, I believe, was that was kind of later in the NWA WCW run, right? Didn't they start? No, like 8,
5: no, 7, no, So uh, main, event main event started start?
3: in like ninety,
5: I want to say. It was oh, around. It was that late. Yeah, it was so. that late. Oh, yeah, no, I thought like it was, right. Yeah, it's uh, just main event uh, like towards the end, like of the WCW, the run of WCW having like a million shows on TBS. It was it the was, last, like, Saturday right. morning show, right? Like for some reason, right. like in like ninety six, I want to say for some reason. They just had like a Gaia tournament with like all the Joshi's on it that were like dark matches at nitro just for main event. Like wow. that's, this is like people think Tony Khan is like insane with him bringing in weird people from over the place. Eric Bischoff, if you had a pulse, you could get into WCW.
3: Sure. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he did and didn't wrestle and got paid hundreds of yeah. thousands of dollars, which is yes the great thing about WCW. now. Now, so we have Main Event. I'm going to guess we get a little bit of Worldwide. Oh, yeah, absolutely. W worldwide, that was always a favorite of mine. What are some of the other lesser-known WCW shows that you like to pull from?
5: Um, There was WCW Pro, which was originally, like, the syndicated show at, like, 3 a.m. everywhere. And I love for- that.
3: That came on
4: Saturday mornings in New York, and it felt, it was like, it had a grunge theme. It had, like, broken <laughs> TVs yeah. and, like, graffiti.
5: Oh, that was the uh the, the cool show of the two like Orlando shows. They had Worldwide, which pretty much looked like a game show. It looked like NXT 2.0, but without everybody having sex
3: on it. With less know? of a budget, yeah, less <laughs> yes. sex. Um, Let's and then play.
5: you had Pro, which yeah, like 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 you said, uh, was like broken TVs and the, the set was like a brick wall with like all these like yeah like broken monitors everywhere and. But it was still the same 200 people that were mm-hmm. needing a break from, you they know, eat. going on the, the teacups or whatever. and Right, right. Families, to watch. With
3: yeah. Families with indigestion that needed uh, just to take a seat. So they would crazy.
5: go and watch Shinjiro Otani and Ultimo Dragon wrestle and
3: <laughs> for free. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Those uh, shows were so fun. And they, you know what? They always were. They always were. Because, like, originally, main event, wasn't that, like. When it would be like, oh, we're going to have Bobby Eaton versus Ric Flair. Wasn't that main event? Yeah. Like, so weird main events that like dream matches that you'd always want to see. But that didn't last that long. No,
5: no. No. So like, like, like the early 90s WCW technically Saturday night was the A show, but they just put main events on all the shows. Sure. Like it was just whatever. Like I just watched an episode of Power Hour, which was oh, great. I was a big
3: fan of Power yeah.
5: Hour. That it was, was the original Saturday morning show.
3: Right, but you'd watch the Three Stooges yeah. and then yeah. Power Hour.
5: Yeah, and then like fishing with Orlando Wilson and it was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, they would just Power Hour is just whatever was left from the tapings that they didn't get on the other shows. There was one I watched an episode there were three Steiner Brothers matches in a row. Just because they forgot to put them on the other shows (laughs) and and poor Jim Ross had to sit there and be like, oh yeah, this match was taped a few weeks ago. And you see the same like 10 people sitting in the front row wearing the same clothes.
3: People wonder why Jim Ross is so grumpy today. Like he's been through a lot. Oh, he was... People think
5: sassy Jim Ross is a new thing. You should no. hear him call Power Hour by himself. Like, after they got rid <laughs> of Paul, they dangerously when he got suspended for uh, telling the dirt sheets that Jerry Lawler was going to come in and wrestle Lex Luger in 91, which was a weird thing uh, all in and of itself. Wow. But Jim Ross called Power Hour by himself after they they didn't give him a partner. Just like, here, Jim, sit in this booth for yeah, an hour. You have
3: to stay longer. Yeah, and,
5: and, and he would... Just complain about how uh you know he had his Saturday hotline report and he would complain about how the office didn't want him saying things and uh there was like a US tag team title tournament and just on the air he's like, I hate, I hate how this thing's put together. It's so lame. And half these teams aren't even teams. Just
3: complaining about the booking open that's great. I think that's the thing, like Jim Ross gets to WWF in ninety-three and you can tell. He's a lot happier doing the shows with Bobby Heenan. He's got the catering. Bobby's huh. rolling a little fatties for him. I was going to say, know, yeah, it's because, because they got, got high
2: in, in the studio. Yeah.
3: He's so like, much that's... happier. No one was getting high in Atlanta. They were just, like, <laughs> drinking and, like, you know, having...
2: Uh, in the basement of the I don't
3: know what Doug I to say my handicap and
0: all that garbage. I look right over in the corner, and they're covered with goo or something real shiny.
6: My God, it. it is garbage.
4: What on? It's
3: the WCW. Are we still live? Are we still <laughs> yeah. on air? look. I, think I said Duggan
4: there might be, be, be some be technical cool. difficulties. We're on Streamyard. It might start playing random <laughs> Jim Duggan promos. We'll get to that <laughs> later. Um, sorry, you got cut off, there.
3: <laughs> I don't know what I was saying.
5: We were Jim, talking about Jim Ross getting high with Bobby Heenan, and he oh was yeah, cam- that's feet. all I
3: can remember. in stanford stanford weird place a lot of income inequality there but i digress i digress yeah so uh let's
4: take a look at we we, you know we're gonna start a little bit in in the mid-90s but really spend a lot of our time in 1999 where i think uh, WCW Saturday night is yeah. doing its best work. <laughs> it has been our wheelhouse for the past like four months on the show. Early,
3: I want to see some early clips. I mean, we're talking about what do you have anything that's real early, Brett, that you can go to? Well, here it's is a clip what we got
4: building to uh Starcade ninety five. Oh, uh,
3: the forbidden door. <laughs>
4: the forbidden door opens, uh, way before uh AEW and Ring of Honor did it. The uh, WCW opened their door to the uh <laughs> the, the the exotic flavors <laughs> of Japan uh, with uh, th- thanks to the help of uh, Sonny Ono who is Eric Bischoff's kickboxing friend who I don't think spoke Japanese <laughs> no. no but uh, yeah let's take a look at, uh, at this clip
7: <laughs> uh, modern day samurai the Asian assassin in order for us to destroy WCW and take over their company. We must know their faulty ways.
4: Uh, their who do we
5: have here? Uh, looks like we got uh I believe it's Koji Kanamoto, Masa Saito. The two up there smart. right now are Kanamoto and Shinjiro Otani.
7: Their
3: um It's
5: weird
7: We're to
3: sure. see Otani with hair. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and
0: and right, Son- if you just listen just, to ah, Sonny, oh, Son- yeah, he has no idea okay. who they are.
4: You flat. Yeah. Uh we we got some some real charismatic. Uh, you could tell who's also like is a little more familiar with being on American television.
3: What you, you're saying, Otani doesn't
4: have charisma? Laya. Laya Look at that power Oh god, here <laughs> it comes! You fly high? Yeah. Yeah. man, hard on
0: American. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. okay.
3: Yeah. Chono's always cool. Yeah, love Chono.
7: Mr. Saito. Yes. Mr. Saito, one word. Torture. Call me Mr. Torture. Sonny, you have a lot of money. I have a lot of power. We get gold. All the gold. All the gold.
3: (laughs) Oh, wow. Very
7: normal conversation (laughs) between old friends.
4: He loves money.
7: U.S. champion. Very soon, you will be the world champion.
4: (laughs) All right, right, enough, Sonny. Uh, Uh,
3: That's great. So they're building up all those. That's a great pay per view. I would love to. I'd love to revisit that. And then, Tom,
4: you you made a note about this clip that I found fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, so they they tried to say that was filmed in Japan. Um, it looked like Japan.
5: Yes. Um, however, it was landing. Um, it, <laughs> right? yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It was Epcot. the the uh, the Japan Pavilion at the World Showcase at Epcot. <laughs> before they opened, before they opened the park that morning, whatever it was, they just let these That's wrestlers right, like, cut this. It's
4: five in the morning. Wow. Yeah. And then Everyone's... they went
5: to World. They went to the studios and taped god knows how many matches but yeah like like I, I specifically remember when i watched that episode chris cruz goes let's get this video from japan we got with Sonny ono and it's like you can Honestly, see like the bush not- cut like mickey mouse's head in the background and <laughs> it's great
3: yeah uh, i'm uh, looking at this card for Starcade 95 it's a great wcw card i mean you know you've got liger and brett's favorite wrestler chris benoit which you know that's a great match that's you've not got- brett's
4: favorite wrestler.
3: Who's your favorite? I thought he was your favorite.
4: Like Oh, oh, that. Right. I thought I'm thinking Bret Hart. No, I'm thinking, <laughs> I was, yeah, you were saying that my favorite wrestler is the man that killed his child.
3: Well, as a wrestler,
4: I thought you <laughs> as were. As I, f- I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to top the comedy pyramid and say, no, Brett likes El Dandy. <laughs> he does
3: like El Dandy. And because then we go, Johnny B. Bad versus Masa Saito. It's funny that that's the match they chose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Savage well, it's, it's versus boxer, a boxer. It's Ken a style. boxer
4: versus judo fight. It's basically proto UFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: true. Yeah, uh, wow, great show. Yeah. And the no, main uh, event, you know, the main event. Do you know what the main event was? Technically, on this, I guess it's dark main event. It's oh, this, event. there's a
5: great story there's behind this. this
3: Sasaki. So... Weird Starcade main event. What's the story, Tom? Okay,
5: so they needed to get the belt off of Sasaki and they wanted to put on a one-man gang, but of New course. Japan... Great idea. Yeah, but yeah. New Japan was like, Woo. one-man gang's not like a star or anything. We can't... Sasaki can't lose to him. So, in the building, they did a deal where uh, one-man gang, like, cheated or something to beat him, and then uh, they restarted the match and Sasaki beat him. And that's the version that aired overseas. But... On WCW, I think it was main event, incidentally, like we were talking about, they cut off the other part and didn't tell New Japan. So, New Japan thought he was still the champion. But in America, because they told him to leave the belt and we'll do something when you come back. But uh, but no, they just aired it and One Man Gang was the champion and then he lost it to Conan. So, that's like the weirdest like three-pack of champions ever, going from Saki to One Man Gang to Conan who One Man Gang also really couldn't wrestle with. And also that was a title switch on main event in a dark match. Uh because One Man Gang I don't I don't think wanted to lose it to Conan. So these guys were very protective of their championships. A lot of politics,
3: lot of politics yeah. in that uh, era. Uh also weird like I do not I hope no one enjoy this made, Ric Flair Sting and Luger in a 30 minute triple threat match sounds horrible. Yeah.
5: That's and awesome. it was it was one of those triple threats that's like you gotta like tag the other guy in.
3: Oh no! Yeah. They get Luger and Sting. That was not their strong suit. Yeah,
5: and Luke, I think Luger and Sting both worked the New Japan Best of Seven, and then did yes, the triple did. threat. Yep. And and but Flair didn't, so of course everybody knew he was going to win the triple threat because he was the only guy that didn't work twice on the yeah. show.
3: Weird show. Weird show. Well,
4: during that time, Eric Bischoff was trying to bring in more international talent. And AAA at the time was on one of their biggest hot streaks. Uh, Lucha, Lib- Lucha Libre was <laughs> on one of the hottest uh, streaks. And uh, Mike Tanay got to go full A&E and do a, uh, a like, 10-part documentary on Lucha. And uh, here is uh, the, the importance of the mask, which I think is really great. And smarter than anything like WCW would normally do, but they had to put their, you know, Atlanta, Georgia thumbprint on it. And um, well, I'll see if you could guess where it is. Uh, But it's it's especially it's a lot. Okay.
3: No, are we live? Luckily we're live. Story. What? Yeah, we're live. That's the whole point. <laughs> no. Streaming. We, ed- we gotta edit all that stuff out I said no. about the drugs I did. I don't think it's actually legal.
2: What what was that? <laughs> Lucha Libre and the Mexican luchadores. In the world of the mask luchador, this is where it all begins. The Mexico City workshop of Victor Martinez. This is where the craft work of the mask maker and the persona of the wrestler, Mesh. This is step one in what might someday evolve into a superhero. In Mexico City, we spoke with Rey Mysterio Jr. and his uncle.
8: For my career, the mask was of the utmost importance. Losing it was devastating to me, and I wasn't sure if I'd be accepted by the fans without my mask.
2: According to Dr. Lechuga, Lucha Libre masks are contemporary reminders of forgotten Indian rituals and fierce Aztec warriors who wore them into battle.
7: The object in itself is not so much important as all the history which is behind it.
2: Certainly the tradition of the mask is an important aspect. But the question is, does one take on the persona of the mask they wear? For me, the mask is most important.
9: It's my style, part of my soul. It's a great myth. My mask is everything to me.
5: I kind of get nervous thinking about it, thinking about losing it. I wish it would never happen in my career, but they could beat you. And
1: this thing comes off. That could be the end of my career.
0: I don't like to follow tradition besides it would be a mistake to cover my beautiful face with my
2: on, i sometimes scare myself and i know i'm scary to my enemies my mask means death losing a mask or hair match is the ultimate insult here is eddie guerrero's hair i keep it like a trophy another one of my collection it's the most important thing in my career
1: he got lucky because he knows That if he ever faces me again, he will lose his persona.
2: Next time, we will take a look at the importance and the influence of the families and the fans in Lucha Libre and the Mexican Luchadores.
3: I love that show. (laughs) Lucha
2: Libre and Mexican
3: Luchadores (laughs) is my favorite show, first of all. Excellent grade A voiceover work. I mean, while Parka was great, uh, Psychosis was great. They got their own Dr. Ruth. This is an amazing find.
4: Why would I ever cover this beautiful face? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Psychosis one was uh
5: Scott Hudson, he had just started with the company. Okay, yeah. I don't know who the other, I figured it's just some random guys in the TV studio. Yeah, like was, hey, can you read
3: what really? You don't yeah. think those were professional voice actors?
5: I mean, I could see W C W paying somebody 150 thousand dollars a year to do that and then sit at home. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that seems like something okay. to do. But uh, yeah. no, that was a, that was a Mike Tenay specific thing. He's like, hey, can I just have you guys pay me to go to Mexico for a couple weeks, and yeah. I'll take Anything. a camera with me. Nothing
3: and, beats Tenay in Tijuana, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I love
5: that shot. Uh, uh, Meltzer, everybody early, sitting on the couch with all the masks. I'm like, this
3: is a rap video. Yeah. Rare. This guy is a... I, I thought that as I was also like, This guy is a nerd. He's <laughs> so <laughs> happy in that mask He's room. He's so yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, you think he put him on? You think Mike today puts the like tries the mask on, like, when no one's looking? You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> he hi, was, I hear
4: Espirito do Santo take over. I, uh,
5: I, I don't know if you pulled the clip but there's one of like a million clips in the google drive but there's one it's a ww i think pro where it's right around halloween and it's dusty and i think maybe lee marshall and they're talking about what they're gonna be for halloween and they're just like <laughs> I, I don't know where dusty's like yeah mike today's gonna be a luchador because that's what him and his wife do in their spare time
4: yeah, I love psychosis that. at the trick or treat.
3: What was Dusty going to be for Halloween?
4: Jumping Jack Flash.
5: <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, he's too famous to be anybody for Halloween. He has to I'm be
3: Dusty. Dumpy, dumpy, baby. Fall down that wall, baby.
4: <laughs> you know, over the past few months on the show, we have covered WCW snow brawl, WCW beach brawl. And then last week, we jumped into WCW's ultimate video bash uh, with Colette. Uh, We watched High Voltage versus the Public Enemy in in the (laughs) worst rainstorm you've ever seen at like the Piers.
0: Easy dub, easy (laughs) dub.
4: It's wild. Uh, And I wanted to get into some of these uh, bonus clips because, Tom, you, you, you tweeted. This was the only existing thing I could find on YouTube, but you had a a treasure trove of uh, these clips, and they're all incredible. Can you set up what exactly MTV's Ultimate Video Bash was? Because this predated the other two.
5: Yeah, so um, like spring of 98, WCW and MTV got together. I don't know how or who set it up. I'm assuming it had something to do with DDP because he's all over the first two. He's uh, Because he did... Uh, they did the MTV Live angle with him and Raven, where they scared the living shit out of the Foo Fighters, um, <laughs> where Raven hits him with the yeah. stop sign and the DDTs him and steals the belt. Nice. Um, which, which funny story about that? While I'm thinking about it, not to sidetrack, but um, during apparently during that show they played both DDP and Raven's entrance music with Dave Grohl on the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> Raven, come at you, come as you are. And DDP, which smells like Teen Spirit. And I guess Dave Kroll called his lawyer after the show and was like, Did we license our songs to these wrestling people? And ain't your
3: song, pal. Yeah. Legally speaking, they changed enough notes.
5: Yeah. Well, I so it's a different song, baby. Well, but this is how they got away with it. So. Dave Grohl got a hold of uh, the record label and the lawyers and all that. And they sent a cease and desist. However, if for those of you who lived through the 90s, whenever somebody who didn't watch wrestling referred to wrestling, they referred to it as the WWF. Dave Grohl thought it was the WWF using his music. Wow. So they sent the cease and desist to Connecticut. And Jerry McDivitt's like, we're not, we're no, this isn't us. And by that point, Dave Grohl had just given up, and that's how Jimmy Hart got to keep using using those
3: songs. Wow, and Dave uh, Grohl thought he was so cool. Yeah. He thought his band Nirvana was <laughs> so great. It turned out, the Gentry's yeah. real yeah. rough
5: Yeah, so um, anyway, with these specials, uh, this one in particular, they set out a three-hour block on like some Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah, it was Chelsea Pierce in New York. Uh, they were going to do a... a like a wrestling and rock music video tournament where each wrestler represented a band or a video. I don't, the original concept is I still don't understand because they didn't get to do it. Um,
4: uh, (laughs) It's so confusing. Nobody knows what they're doing.
5: Like the the first match is a tag team match and the rest of the show are like singles wrestlers. Um, So I don't know how they were going to do it, but it was supposed to be a, a tournament with matches in it. Um, and then, as you as you mentioned, uh, there was a torrential downpour, and this show was outside. They didn't think that May in New York there might be rain, so they, they or that
4: trying. May could might be freezing.
5: Yes. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so, uh, uh,
5: and they didn't advertise it either, whether it be locally or on MTV or on or on Nitro or Thunder. So nobody showed up. There's maybe 25 people in the stands, bless their hearts. Um, and, you know, you have uh, you, you have some of the VJs there. Uh, I th- Carson Daly, for sure. Matt Pinfield, who was calling the show with Larry Zabisco and Tony Schiavone. Um, I think Ananda Lewis was out in the bleachers trying to, like, fill seats. And they cut <laughs> to her, like, once or twice. Um, I wish C- Kurt Loder would have been there. That would have been... Next level,
4: <laughs> um, he does a sit down Jim Ross style <laughs> interview with uh, Lovie. he reveals that he used to like
5: get high with uh, Deborah Harry and watch Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um,
4: <laughs> but
5: uh, but no, since they couldn't have matches in this dangerous wet ring, they would make these poor guys go out to the ring still in their ring gear, they wouldn't let them put their clothes back on and walk out there and cut promos for whatever band they were representing um i think there was a theme with the first match maybe and then they just gave up and just sent out whoever um and fun note um uh, since i don't know when we'll, i'll get to mention this either um there were two no-shows that would have made this show so much better um chris benoit was supposed to be there oh, yeah imagine chris benoit because he was supposed to, yeah because because sick boy and kidman were fill-ins, so i i imagine Chris Benoit like rubbing his hands together. Oh, I love David Bowie. Um, and then Kevin Nash was supposed to be there representing one of the bands. Kevin oh, Nash overslept. said, he, "Yeah, Kevin Nash said he didn't want to miss Mother's Day, so he wasn't <laughs> going to go." And Benoit was Benoit, like,
3: hey, Benoit wasn't worried about that. No, he no.
5: <laughs> according to the Observer, he just told them, "I'm going to Canada this weekend." Oh, and nice. so he didn't go. Um, and also before we watch this, keep in mind, everybody, because of this. WCW, because they didn't run this by the Athletic Commission either in New York, which um, some people may know the state of New York State Athletic Commission is a headache for everybody.
9: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, because they didn't run this by the Athletic Commission, they got banned from running shows in New York for the rest of the year over this. <laughs> like They could have like run Albany, they could have run yeah. like anywhere but MSG and probably done well in their biggest year ever, but they got banned from running New York for this. So
3: <laughs> keep that in mind as we're watching. Oh,
5: episode. wow. Great. All right,
1: let's going Out of Seattle, Raven is representing Courtney Love. Anything you want to say about Courtney Love? What? Apparently, the only way to get on MTV is to either be a corporate rock
0: puppet or to have to stand out in the rain like a ridiculous fool. Yeah.
1: All right, Glacier, you're representing <laughs> yeah. out of Seattle as well.
0: Glacier's
7: fine. Glacier's not cold.
9: Oh, look, no. you know, I'm out here. Who's Glacier can me out here and Make me square up against someone like social degenerate like Raven. I mean, I'm just ready to get it on. Let's, let's, you, let's stop mixing words and get it on. All right, All right, if you're at home, we're about to get game. it on. There's a 900 number on the screen. <laughs>
1: start calling right now for the battle in Seattle. 95 cents a call. You've got to be at least 18 on a touchstone phone. Here we go. The battle All right, in now, we're Seattle. We're back. We've got the final results. I for Courtney Love, 35% for Pearl Jam, the battle in <laughs> oh, yeah. Seattle goes to raven and courtney love any comment on that raven wow how lucky am i
7: we
0: win <laughs>
4: <laughs> here's some more let's uh get an inset promo from sick boy of the flock
0: <laughs> <laughs> you see you it's our patriotic duty to step into the ring for david Lee Roth. Because you see, he's just a gigolo, and he's got his eye off on California girls. <laughs> so Diamond Dave, when you see Sick boys Spleen, splattered <laughs> all over that canvas, <laughs> just remember, it's for the red, white, and blue. I'm <laughs> battling <laughs> on behalf of David Boyd, and I promise you, we got about a
5: million hits between the both of us. And Hugh Morris, there's going to be a lot of ch- 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 changes oh. come across your face when I get done with you.
4: So let the beating begin, and Bowie, oh. this is for you. You <laughs> think David Bowie like yeah. was flipping through the channels and was just like, Iman. <laughs> <laughs> Sick boy is fighting for me today.
5: <laughs> also, that's the first time Sick Boy ever talked on a wrestling show ever. Oh wow. <laughs> oh,
3: I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. So natural. Oh, sick boy. Meanwhile,
4: David Lee Roth, we talked on our Hall of Fame episode about how he's a wrestling super fan. He was probably like, oh wow, be represented by Hugh Morris. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was up, I love this he, wasn't, his he wasn't getting
5: up for that like Ultimo Dragon because you know work rate and everything he wow. loved his New Japan run
4: poor yeah poor Ultimo Dragon was having the worst day of his life <laughs> let's take a look and uh we don't know exactly who he was representing because I think he was a little confused
0: <laughs> no Dragon representing Madonna oh, music oh god
9: Number
1: one. I'll tell you what, Matt. We are in the rain, Ultimo Dragon. I mean, are you a little cold? Yes. I can imagine. Now, Madonna. <laughs> talk about Madonna. You gonna take on Salt and Pepper here in Kidman? Yes. Uh, salt and Pepper. All right, very good, Kidman. I'm representing Madonna. Being that she's my ex-girlfriend and all, I will take the pleasure in, in winning with the video. The crowd doesn't seem to agree with that. Didn't Didn't she write a song about you, like a virgin? Yes, she did, actually. Oh. You
3: know Sick Burn by Billy Kidman. Almost Sick Burn, you thought it would come from Sick Boy.
4: <laughs> oh. Billy oh. Kidman and his what like like i'm addicted to drugs gimmick he sucks
3: oh i I'm... love this block. i was never a billy kidman fan sorry oh
5: no uh i'm just i mean that's the peak of wcw and people in like power positions not paying attention to what's on the show because yeah they're supposed to be supposed to be a heroin addict like that's the gimmick mm-hmm. and you know of sick boy from i like, think it was train spotting You know, Raven has admitted they were all supposed to be. never put that
4: together. Duh.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're all supposed to be drug
4: addicts. Yeah. And then, if you notice, they leave the
5: flock, they get clean. Like, and nobody in WCW ever put two and two together. Nope. You know? But yeah, poor Ultimo Dragon. Very cold. Yeah. And nobody told him who he was actually representing. Or they did. And then Matt Tenfield just flipped the two. Because yeah, Matt Tenfield introducing Ultimo Dragon for a match <laughs> that's not a match is something we needed, and then and then Carson Daly interviewing Ultimo Dragon.
3: Carson does good, yeah. honestly. Like there is a world where Carson Daly and Michael Cole could have switched places.
5: I'm yeah, gonna, well, imagine Michael Cole's well, Michael Cole hosting
4: like Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, Carson holds his own. I mean. I think there's not like a huge gap between interviewing Mariah Carey and interviewing Macho Man Randy Savage.
5: (laughs) It's funny because when I tweeted these clips originally, um, David Penzer found them, and Uh he's like, "How? Wait, why?" Won't leave you alone now? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like. He was like, "Why wasn't I on this?" I'm like, "I don't know. I didn't work there." And then he got like upset (laughs) that he got upset that he wasn't booked. (laughs) Really funny.
3: How much you know, Tom? In the course of was this he bouncing episode, on a trampoline when he was <laughs> I just uh, I say I've, there must be a lot of instances. We don't have to go into all the details. Ever since you know you've had this like Twitter phenomenon mm-hmm. with uh, deep cuts, where old WCW personalities reach out, like, "Hey, this is I have feelings about all this stuff." And I'm oh, alone. um,
5: there, like, there's an enhancement guy named Chuck Coates that was like, like, worked for them in like the early '90s, and I tweeted about a match he had with Conan, like in the two months conan was there in like 1998 and like ever since then he responds he responds to like every tweet every single one he dms the account like hey look at this match i had with rick steiner once
3: we should Um, see We should try to get him on wrestling club he seems like our level of guest
5: like Yeah. yeah uh and like lex luger is like such a sweetheart about like sharing and liking clips that have nothing to do with him like the old cruiserweight it. stuff. It's it's, and I think it's him because unlike Buff Bagwell, he tweets like a really old man. Oh yeah, like it's just like pictures of him with like some guy at like IHOP for breakfast and uh, whatever, like meme of like a bird doing a cute thing. He, he that's that's what he's
3: doing. He Lex Luger is the most lovable legend in wrestling right now by far, oh. which is so funny because he did not have that vibe at all as a wrestler. At like zero and now he's just like this cuddly man who's been through a lot and he's still smiling still getting through uh i love yeah i love lex that's nice uh, to hear
4: lovable wow. if you like ignore a few things yeah he's, he, he, he
5: tweets like a grandpa and he also likes things that a, a white old grandpa from georgia would like let's oh. say yeah so if you, if you if you could ignore that stuff he's <sighs> great Sweet. Whereas yeah, whereas yeah, the guy that runs Buff Dogwell's Twitter, is, yeah,
4: more yeah. power to you. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know, but yeah, Buff Buff tries to be hip with the kids. Another person that was hip with the kids was Barry Darso. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was wrestling Teen or, Smash, facing off with Booker T. Uh, Booker T. was representing the rapper Cannabis, uh, who. I'm shocked was even part of this (laughs) And uh, Barry Darso had his own musical uh, choice
3: Was it Lil Romeo? Run DMC, it's Barry Darso,
0: yeah I'm gonna stomp some butt on behalf of my boys Run DMC, because they're the greatest They're the original In fact, they created moves that everybody's trying to copy I love them (laughs)
1: <laughs> now Barry, Run DMC is If it wasn't for Run DMC, Cannabis might not be here today cannabis Gotta remember, this would
0: be completely out of here Because Run DMC is the best And Booker T, the only way You're going to pick anybody like that up Is, is it's going to be you picking yourself up Off the concrete floor When I stink and put the boots to you You got that? Bring it on <laughs> so Is Run DMC the best or what? Hey, what about Run DMC? They're going to beat on cannabis. They're better than anybody because they're the originator. Just like me, Barry Darso. I can knock the heck out of anybody like we Like Run DMC can do to
3: cannabis. You got that, Booker Key? Wow. He went all the way in. You know, I I do stand Barry Darso. It's a little sad seeing him in this, uh, this era when he's like his default creator wrestler. But, well,
4: uh, well, you, you, uh, Tom, have some a great collection of a Barry Darso storyline lost to time.
5: Oh, yes, um, and I, I also, I, I also want to comment about this area of Barry Darso real quick. He, to me, he's like the uh, like if a, if a movie at the time is like we need to cast a wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's the guy because they're gonna script him to be like, oh, I'm gonna, you know. Oh, shut up like that's that's the bad guy wrestler in every movie for like short, 25 years short, yeah like to a team
4: um but yeah that and no, ryan he, adams
5: yeah <laughs> yeah you little squeak. <laughs> uh but no the Barry darso the the, the one storyline he got um he got hit in the head and forgot who he was so oh, no. they, what year did they do this like 1999
3: <laughs> what's the on so he gets hit in the head he how did they illustrate how he forgot who he was like was he coming out with the wrong gimmick yes he's got, so like, he's got, like, half repo man half uh crusher Khrushchev or whatever
5: so yeah I, I uh so yeah like he gets hit in the head in the next, the next week uh there's somebody I forget who it was backstage with the clipboard like Barry darso you're up and then he would walk on screen as Crusher Khrushchev And be like, who's Barry Darso? And then he would walk to the ring as Crusher Khrushchev. And then the next week they would change the the Chiron and it would say Crusher Khrushchev. And then he would be hole-in-one Barry Darso. And they did this for (laughs) like four or five
3: weeks. (laughs) And the story is,
5: they wanted to do Demolition Smash. Sure. But they were going to like change the name, change it slightly, and somehow WWF found out and Jerry McDivitt spent an hour over a lunch break or something putting a cease and desist together and they killed the storyline
3: oh my oh. god like Fuck that is,
4: yeah i Fuck do. This, man i do like the uh the idea that, like wcw like production team it's just like uh hey uh barry wants to be referred to as crusher khrushchev <laughs> now we wanna res- we wanna respect that. Yeah. And see <laughs> like, the they're one, trying. The they're one trying to little touch
5: yeah, the one little touch I liked is that they would actually not put up the right name because he would have requested it right before he went out. Normally mm. in wrestling they just put it up and expect you to believe that they taped it up in that five seconds. So I'm I was I was stunned. But no, I think that was the beginning of Jimmy Hart's run as the booker of Saturday night. That was his a, first a legendary
3: rip. run. Yeah. A legendary yeah. run.
4: So, yeah, we should talk about this because this is where the bulk of our clips are going to come from. (laughs) Um, So, WCW 99, we all kind of have an idea of what the flavor was. And Saturday Night is existing in its own, like, branched universe. Where, like, maybe you'll get Jeff Jarrett, like, (laughs) on a special occasion. But for the most part, it's, People coming out of the WCW power plant, their training facility, and then the oldest, weirdest <laughs> freaks. <laughs> it's like he's booking it like it's Memphis '82.
5: Yeah, there's like there was a point in like '99 where they just uh, they fired like half the roster because mm-hmm. they realized there were just too many people. And Jimmy Hart, out of the kindness of his heart, would just keep booking them on like per appearance deals to come in and do Saturday Night because he recognized if he didn't hire them they were going to go broke so like barry horowitz got fired from the company but still worked saturday night until it died just because jimmy hart loved him and like uh there's the famous story the uh, texas hangman under the masks um i don't want to break kayfabe for anybody but they were disorderly conduct um and they were going to get fired. What? And Jimmy Hart goes to, I, I don't know if it's Bishaw or Bill Bush, or whoever at the time. Listen, it's two teams for the price of one. And they got to keep their jobs because they just put masks on and wrestled two matches a night. It's it's great. Um, and then also, that's where like all the power plant, guys, like the natural born thrillers, they got their first runs on that show. Chuck Palumbo did like a Tarzan thing. Um, Mark Jindrak was. I don't think they ever called him this on TV. I know it was on an 8x10 they produced. He was slam dunk because he <laughs> played basketball in college. Um, but he would come out with a basketball and, like, throw it at you. Um, Sonny Siaki <laughs> from TNA was there for a while as uh, GQ. Uh, just He was the rock, essentially. Um, and yeah, then, yeah, like, Queewee, Alan Funk was on there doing...
4: It's like, and that's
5: these power plant guys. Yeah,
4: they you've didn't been, well, know got... what they
5: were doing, but they could do the craziest physical things. Like these guys would be the standouts in like GCW scrambles these days because they're oh, yeah. all gigantic. They're all doing like shooting star presses and 450s. Sean O'Hare's out there doing God knows what. Actually, I don't think he ever did Saturday, but like, like Chuck Palumbo was essentially wrestling like Mike Awesome
4: from like well, Match you...
5: One. Like he's incredible. Like, you're so, talking about
4: so the future of wrestling here. Yeah. The, the future
5: meets the sad past.
4: Yeah. <laughs> All people that got uh, to work in WWE for two years. Yeah. Um, the
3: future meets the sad past could be the, cat, the uh, tagline of this podcast. That's true. <laughs> yeah. uh,
4: and uh, they did a storyline where Jim Duggan uh, recovered the television title. Uh, from the garbage <laughs> and quite literally like dumped let's out call, a garbage can. Let's
3: do a shout out to Hacksaw. He just uh, announced he's diagnosed with cancer again. So shout out to Hacksaw, yeah. Doug. We're pulling for you. We love you. Actually, we just watched Royal Rumble 88, uh, me and Aaron, uh, my partner, and we love, we loved Hacksaw. Even yeah, this era, especially this era of Hacksaw. He just, Hacksaw was always 100% in on whatever bullshit he was doing. Oh hey, Axel's another
5: one like Darso. He's like, if you needed to cast like a wrestler for a movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like he like um and also like right before this, like maybe a year or so before this, um, whenever he would get promo time on Saturday night, he would complain about how much he hated modern wrestling, but he would say the weirdest things that didn't actually exist in modern wrestling, like, uh, I, I don't need no nose rings, I don't need no jewelry, I don't need no smoke machines flying out of everywhere. I'm just a wrestler. And, like, they would just let him do this for, like, three or four minutes at a time because I figure they just needed to fill the show because yeah. nobody else went to Saturday Night to wrestle except for, like, Jim Duggan and the Vianos.
4: Yeah. Well, let's take a look. <laughs> he gets a uh, he, – he issues a challenge uh, or he, he announces that he's the new television champion and uh, the future of WCW uh, lines up to challenge. Let's take a look.
0: Point there, you can't disagree this with on, of Hang hey, on, oh, I do everything you say about that battle nobody knows more than myself what that battle means. Robert Gibson. I haven't
3: seen Robert this for years. Unintelligible, and it's not because of the quality of the video; it's because Robert Gibson, not the greatest orator in the history of wrestling.
5: <laughs> and they couldn't have edited it to make it look more like he just wandered out from the parking lot. Well, yeah. I feel
3: like he's a wandering kind of guy. Brett, <laughs> can you translate what Robert said for us. Maybe no. in your Robert you
4: <laughs> couldn't even give it a try. Like there, I, <laughs> there
5: was one bit where he said that he that there's nobody that knows more about the world TV title than the Rock and Roll Express.
3: That doesn't. That doesn't make. That doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Was Richard Morton ever, uh, ever TV champion? No. no, no,
5: no. Like he wasn't even the light heavyweight champion. No, but yeah, Gibson. Yeah. And then they had a match, it was four minutes, and Jim Duggan beat him. And then I think after that, uh, Lord Stephen Regal came out and challenged him to a career match on Saturday (laughs) night. And he lost that because he had just really been fired after losing a pink, uh, pink slip on a pole match on Thunder. Uh, because Vince Russo did that, and like they really fired people afterwards. And then, and then that's the nice thing that Jimmy Hart did for him. And then he feuded with Fidel Sierra, uh, over like the American and Cuban flags. And, right. then, well, and then, and then they the yeah, and then and then
3: they canceled the show. I see. <laughs> was and we never got a conclusion to that storyline.
5: No. But Fidel Sierra, after like seven years of just being an enhancement guy, just one week, they they let him start cutting promos on Saturday night. And he was the top heel.
4: There's another rising star in WCW.
7: Rogers, former one half of the Fantastics. But I don't need to tell everybody about how fantastic I am. You can look on that TV screen of yours to see how fantastic I am. But the only thing I'm missing is some gold. And that's why I'm here. I'm gonna find me some gold. Can you dig that?
3: <laughs> sure, Tommy. It
4: should be noted that the th- like the theming of the show was like it was a nightclub.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the uh, the bumpers when they would go to break, it would be like these like women grinding on each other, and a giant screen behind them playing whatever was coming up next. So it would be <laughs> like a giant screen of like Fit Finlay, as these women are like. So yeah, yeah. like somewhere in WCW Cannon, there's a club where everybody like takes ecstasy and watches like William Regal matches.
4: That's great. Let's do it. Should, if the wrestling club was a was an actual physical place, I think we'd we be could far do that, off.
3: Like, you know they have that, that like ketamine therapy. Maybe we should do that for an episode of Wrestling Club. Just take ketamine and watch. <laughs> whatever saturday robert gibson versus bobby fulton in a match that no will it makes anyone cry very sad very sad these lesser tag team partners that's like the uh the mo of late period wcw c and d shows yeah just just to
4: remind us what era we're in here's a here's a clip that uh you pointed out would have been better served uh on nitro
0: in Tampa, Florida. World Championship Wrestling joined forces with the Backstreet Boys, Nick Carter and Brian Littrell. They took on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks versus the boys at the Sun Dome. Paul Colgan and Jimmy Hart, honorary coaches. Tony Schiavone was there. Warren Sapp from the Bucks. Sean King from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was out of control. The girls went nuts. For three count and the backstreet boys, the monster hail was turned loose in Tampa.
4: So you got three count, whose gimmick is that they are a popular boy band with the biggest boy band of the era.
5: And they just shoved it in a 30 second clip on Saturday night.
3: An, an incomprehensible 30 second clip. Yeah.
5: yeah. It's like, like
3: flashes of like Jimmy Hart's hairline, Hulk Hogan being weird. I don't know. Strange.
5: Yeah. Like, and, like like they were like the Jimmy Hart project. Like right. uh, Jimmy Hart produced both those songs. Um, <laughs> if you ever see the three count entrance video, Jimmy Hart produced it. Like the plan was they were supposed to like go to actual. Uh, I forget which like one of the boy band impresarios Like they were actually supposed to go and like train to be a boy band for like six months and how then come that, back. If, they, then,
3: if three count catches on as an actual pop act, how does that change wrestling history? You know, if three count were the crush gals of late '90s WCW,
5: oh, it would it amazing. would have been game changing. But granted, they would have again been in WCW. Yeah. Like if 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 Vince McMahon would have gotten that act at that time when things were actually working, and it's not like modern day Vince that's just like fondling an egg, um, it would have been it would have been huge. Ninety nine, two thousand.
4: I would um, love to see Ron Perlman try his bullshit on Sugar Shane Helms <laughs> and Shannon I, Moore. Yeah, I don't think
5: that's, like, the the next level down from Ron Perlman, whoever that guy was, was who they were supposed to be sent to. Wait, Ron, to like Ron, just Ron, just no, to not Ron him.
4: Perlman, that's the actor. Ron Perlstein? Yeah. Forget no. it. No, it's uh, Lou, Perlman, Lou Perlman. Lou Perlman, yeah. Yeah,
5: because there's that movie about him. That's, like, yeah, disgusting. But, uh, no, like... But, in, but Russo really loved Evan Courageous, so they rushed him on TV like three weeks into their training. And they didn't have the choreography down. Uh, they, he told Jimmy, just get me a song. I don't care if they can sing. Just get me a song. Give um, me a song, baby. And if you, know, if you listen closely to the Three Count songs, there's a fourth voice, and it's Jimmy Hart. <laughs> like because they, they can't harmonize. So Jimmy Hart does a, a, a track underneath their voices to make sure it sounds okay.
4: Um, like him has like like they do live shows and he's just like hiding in the curtains.
5: <laughs> but like, like even as is, like they re- like I think Meltzer said they should have been like that era's like uh, Sheik and Volkoff, mm-hmm. where they come out, they sing the song, and everybody throws trash at them.
4: Oh, they're so yeah. throwing trash. Let's take a look at this clip
0: of Jimmy Hart. You can hit us with tables! You can hit us with chairs! You can even hit us with bats! Because the first family takes the licking and keeps on kicking! Everybody else! Brian
4: Knob's getting to down in the garbage! They're out there for the money! We're out there
0: for the gore! Hey, you Morris drank out of that cup, a guy could have been chewing tobacco and
7: spitting that thing! may very well have! Huh?
4: Yeah, you think, I, I, given the sweetening, that that was, <laughs> they were at the Georgia Dome. <laughs> and the,
5: and the a... thing is, like, they never got heat that good at those shows. Like, I don't know why people were throwing trash
3: in the ring. What, they probably just were having fun. I don't know. Yeah. Was that yeah. a stable, the first family? Is that a stable?
5: Yeah. So that was Jimmy Hart's stable in Memphis. Right. And then when Jimmy Hart got control of Saturday Night, he's like, I'm just going to do it again. And yeah, it it like worked whatever then. heels were there. Um, and they actually wow. like right before Russo came in, they got a tag title run because there was wow. no other, there was no other teams. It's like Brian Nobbs and Hugh Morris, like on that pay-per-view right before Russo came in. I think they wrestled Shane Douglas and Malenko, maybe some team like that. It's super weird. Not very good. Um, but yeah, it was just yeah, and I it think is for that, very-
3: the, yeah. So yeah, here it is. The four members of the first family. Uh, Brian Knobs, Hugh Morris, Barbarian, Jerry Flynn.
5: They feuded with Jerry Flynn for like a week, and then Jerry Flynn they, they just he just stops the match and goes, "Jimmy, can you manage me?" And that's how he joined.
3: So wow, and wow. yeah.
5: And then and like Barbarian was like in and out, but I also think it's because they fired him, and then Jimmy like had to convince him to come back. Um, that was also the era of Do Rag Barbarian, which was oh, awesome, <laughs> and like Leather Duster Barbarian. When he just, I think he sold his ring gear at some point, because there's gotcha. a few Saturday nights where he just comes out with like warm up pants and a black shirt and a duster, oh. looking like he's like out of the Matrix. He's
3: doing the best um, he can. Yeah,
4: yeah poor guy. Uh, let's take a look at a a fun promo. Um, you were talking about uh, Stephen Regal, who. Had his brief WWF run in 98. Uh, This is during his troubles. Uh, He goes on and cuts the most English promo I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Let's take a look at the Blue Bloods.
8: Here on WCW Worldwide, ladies and gentlemen, you talk about the international scope of world championship wrestling. Well, it just doesn't get any bigger than these two great international superstars. They are to my left. Steve Regal, Stephen, looking very, very good today. And he is also joined, as usual, by his partner in crime, his colleague, Dave Taylor. David, uh, welcome to WCW Worldwide.
7: Let me tell you, Gene. I'm having an affair with Fergie, and I'm absolutely knackered. I've been at it like a frog on a bike pump. I'm exhausted, you know. You better explain that to me, Steve Regal. I think I'd rather not. Right, today we're going to have a sale. We're going to have some bargains on the line, and that's for all the tag teams in WCW. We're going to sort out the buyers from the spires, the needy from the greedy, and the ones who trust us to the ones who don't. And what's on offer is to save yourself from a bloody good thrashing at the hands of the two finest wrestlers that's ever graced this sport. If you're up to it, I'm sure you will be. You'll get there. We're going to save everybody from a thrashing. Now, take heed, because you'll all be crying tears as big as October cabbages, and you won't know whether it's daylight, moonlight, Israelite, or Fanny by the Gaslight when we finish beating you. So, unbelievable. take care. The best. Every single person who wants to take part in a grappling cooperative, which is a tag team to Eugene, don't stand there like one o'clock grappling off grappling
4: cooperative?
8: That's the one. <laughs> Where did you pull that one out of?
7: Don't ask. Don't stand there like one o'clock off-struck. You that. don't want to know. Please. Right. This is exactly what we're going to do. We will take you. We will school you. We will... Thrash you, as I've said before, and you won't know what's coming. So, too late, too late will be the cry when the man with the bargains has passed you by. And that's us with a bargain today. Take heed, because we'll bloody thrash you if you don't.
8: Thank you very much, Steve Regal. Dave Taylor, you're a little down of the mouth this week. yeah? Thank you very
3: much. Thank you, gentlemen. Wow. I will say this. One of the great things about uh, Deep Cuts on Twitter is there are so many great uh, Steve Regal clips. The best. The best uh, WCW all around in the '90s, in my opinion. Uh, he's just... my
5: uh, my favorite wrestler of all time. Like yeah, when he's, he uh, he's when in he my self, back up yeah. in AEW and oh, yeah, like him and Tony had that moment during that first promo. Like I teared up a little bit, and uh, sure. my, my my son Noli who's been on the, the show before, he well, goes, just... "Dad, why are you crying, you weirdo?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "So I'm getting dunked on by a second <laughs> He's
3: generation. right. You're screaming. Right. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> but also
5: um uh i don't Regal doesn't like interact with the account but i'm pretty sure he's seen some of this stuff because he's in the past few weeks stolen some of those lines from himself again and i'm like i gotcha and then i retweet the stuff and it gets more interaction so he's thank fast. you
9: your way up
3: yeah, yeah he, I, that is one of the great uh you know, he never really... I mean, I guess he kind of had like a semi-main run in like 94, 95, a little bit when he first came in. But those, oh. those cuts of him on Saturday, night, on Saturday night's main event... Oh, not main event, <laughs> sorry, Whatever it is. Oh, there's a point in like
5: 97. It's like uh, the NWO has all the belts except for the world TV title. And he was going on TV and cutting promos challenging Hogan and Piper. And the, nothing ever came of it because they sent him the New Japan.
3: With any sense, like that would have been a guy they were like, here it can be like a great baby face yeah. to like build WCW around because he's who cuts a better fiery baby face promo in that generation. I don't, I mean, yeah. you know, And course,
5: the, the thing is, they they I think like, they were setting that up because they dropped the Lord Steven for a bit. He was just Steve Regal. You know, he came out. He stopped to stop like buttoning up the jacket. Um, and he was having these great matches like Psychosis and Dean Malenko, sure. and it looked like they were setting up something. And then uh, Bischoff's like, "Yeah, you need to go to New Japan for like three months, and we'll just forget about you in the belt." And then when he came back, he lost it to Prince Ikea. And that's
3: right.
4: They eventually did do Hogan and Regal, and that gave us that great Regal promo where he's got just a a table full of like old Hulkamania <laughs> garbage, and he's like picking up like shirts with a pencil <laughs> and just being like this cheap material and <laughs> oh he's it's... and that's the thing is he could have lost
5: to all those guys and he would have made them look great and mm-hmm. all that's all they wanted was a young guy to bump around and make them look great and regal has those great facial reactions like imagine regal reacting to the hulk up where he gets pointed at like, oh my yeah. god right yeah.
3: Yeah. or just like Hulk like, Hogan. You know, I mean, I guess it's a little past its prime here, but like American babyface Hulk Hogan against the stuffy Brit, like that's that's like a fantastic promo. I, I feel like if Reed was around five years earlier, he would have been, you know, able to headline shows with Hogan in WWF. Absolutely. I mean, he
4: was around. He was just wrestling in carnivals. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was right. like
3: eighteen years old.
5: Like, right, he with was a still blonde mullet. Right. Yeah.
4: Uh, so. The Deep Cuts account has so many other great sources. Uh, there's Backstage Bash. Tell us a little bit about what this was, because I still don't really understand what it was.
5: Okay, so DirecTV and WCW reached a deal during like the height of Nitro's popularity, where once a month, for like four bucks, you could pay DirecTV, and they would set up a channel that was a nonstop feed of Nitro. No commercials. Wouldn't cut away. Um and, and but they didn't actually like set up the show to where it would like be congruent. Like there wouldn't be stuff actually going on. So they had uh, Jimmy Barron, who was a local radio guy in Atlanta, who kind of did some stuff for like the WW website. Um, he they sent him around the locker room to ask wrestlers to just do, do like a two minute promo with me. Like you could tell half of them. They, like he literally would just ask them right before they would go live. Um, wrestlers I, there's a couple clips where wrestlers would just walk away from him because they didn't want to be on screen um, some, there's, it's very awkward um, but yeah like that's what they would do during the commercial breaks instead of commercials and that's what you paid four bucks or five bucks a month for um, but there's, there's, like, there's, there's some cool stuff like uh, the, the famous Bret Benoit match that they did after Owen Hart passed away like, the, there's an uncut version of it from that feed. Um, yeah. But it's, it's like, really weird because uh, they they would cut away from the normal commentary and go to, like, Jimmy Barron and I think it was Shane Douglas calling, like, three minutes at a time. Um, and then they would go back to, like, Tony Schiavone and whoever. Uh, but no, that, that occasionally would be a cool thing, but mostly it was... As chaotic as the WSW locker room was, having this little guy with a camera and a microphone, hey, could you do a promo for me that seven people will see? Oh, whatever. Yeah, sure. Then um, you got about the quality that you would imagine from, from that chaos. It's something.
4: Let's take a look at uh, one of these interviews.
2: I saw you uh, weeks ago. It was just really as a kind of a backup to Vampiro. Now we see you in full-fledged action uh yeah vampiro's been a fiend of ours for a oh god 20 years now
1: this is jerry uh, we Mexico. Of the misfits. he was the king down there in the wrestling world uh he said he would be coming up to the stage to try and take over the wcw he needed some backup support and we got right in there with him right away
2: uh, at what point did wrestling come into your career plans
1: uh wrestling came in with vampiro uh my son has always been into it and uh uh we're trying to get him a belt and uh we've always been big wrestling fans ever since we were young um we grown up watching wrestling and enjoying it, and uh,
2: to us, it's one of the most action-packed sports that are out there. No doubt. Now, last week, we saw you in your first full-fledged match, and, I mean, it was no easy one. A cage mask against Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Uh, you did not escape uninjured. Uh, yeah, no, I
1: got uh, stitches and wound up in a hospital. My ribs are still pretty banged up, but, uh, you know, like I say, it's hard to kill what's already dead, and uh, the missing...
4: Wait, wait, I just need a to... Jerry <laughs> only in a steel cage match against Dr. Dead Steve Williams. <laughs> Great okay, idea. So, no, so here's what
5: happened. Um, <laughs> the Misfits showed up because they were actually friends with Vampiro. Um, I guess he mm-hmm. met them when he was like in a band in Mexico and they were touring. Um, and he's like, hey, you guys want to come in? I'm not getting pushed. But if you guys show up, they might put me on TV. And like Russo came in right around that time. And Russo for being a like New York baseball fan loves anything goth, like uh, so many goth angles he's got. Cool. Um, cool. And so he sees them walking. He's like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta do something with this." Um, and I think the first or second weekend they notice how like crappy wrestling locker room conditions are. Where like wrestlers have to pay to like take themselves from town to town, and catering's iffy and. Uh, you know the, the same stuff everybody complains about, about the independent contractor employee stuff. The misfits are noticing this. And Jerry only starts talking about unions. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the higher-ups don't like this. So, as a my punishment, brother. Jerry only has to wrestle Dr. Death Steve Williams in a cage match live on Nitro with no training. Oh my and God. to his credit, he was like, yeah, let's do it. And then Dr. Boy. Death... Beat him up.
3: That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I love Doctor Death. You know, uh, you're busting those unions. You know, <laughs> yeah. And this
5: is right after uh, he got fired from the WWF uh, when he was promised, like, "Oh, you're gonna feud with Steve Austin after you win yeah, the ball for all." So happen. he was really mad at the, he was really mad at Jim Ross. So they brought him in as Oklahoma's backup, making fun of his friend's Bell's palsy. What a guy! Um,
4: but no, Death. and then That's and greatest. then the myth.
5: Yeah, and then the Misfits left WCW and Vampiro and then worked out a thing where he would wear their stuff on TV still so that he they could sue the company and get money. Like it was and they got a couple million out of out of uh, Time Warner or whoever it was because they they asked their friend, hey, just wear our shirts and nobody stopped them. They just yeah. So, I, I think there's even like a vampiro action figure that they recalled because there's the misfit skull on it. And they got to use that in court and get money. So, it's just,
4: oh, beautiful.
5: So yeah. oh, yeah. punk rock. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you also but, have some uh, stuff on here from foreign pay per views. Uh, let's yes. take a look at this. And if you could just describe what we're looking at here. Or not. Maybe the video doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, never mind. Let's take yeah. a look at uh we'll end with this clip uh this is i don't think it needs an introduction darren i think we'll appreciate it (laughs) guys still to come this week
8: here on wcw worldwide you're going to see my guests at this time in action they are norman smiley welcome and his associate Ralphus. Now then, Norman, we've got to talk about the WCW Hardcore title. That's a title that you held at one time.
9: Miss Oakland, I was the original title holder of the Hardcore division. Now, I am ecstatic to be back here in WCW. It's been a long, hard six weeks. We were living in the streets. I know. We were poverty-stricken, but now I am back with my associate, Ralphus, and we are looking for a title challenge against Big Vito. Big Vito, let me explain something to you. This was once my career. This was something that I enjoyed, but now you've made it personal. Gene, did you know he knocked out 50% of his teeth? Half of his teeth? Are you kidding? Half of his teeth. He knocked out the one. Leasing with one. one, Yeah. So, you know, now it's personal. I don't care if you come from Saturn Island, Rockers Island, wherever it is, I am looking for my title back, and I'm also taking out revenge on you knocking out 50% of Ralph with his teeth. It's not going to happen to me, and I'm getting my title back, so watch out for Norma Smiley, because I'm going to wiggle my way back to the title. Right, Gene?
8: I would assume so. a little tough uh, working with only one uh, chopper in there, Ralph.
9: Kind of tough. Can't eat.
8: Can't keep up your strength. <laughs> I can see that's quite obvious. I thank you very much, Ralphus, is... and of course, Norman Sparrow. Right now, let's get you back into the arena for more exciting action.
3: That's maybe, just maybe family dance.
8: we <laughs> in there, Ralphus.
0: Kind of tough. Can't
8: keep up your strength. I can see that's quite obvious. I think
3: <laughs> that was always something with Ralphus. You know, I feel like, first of all, Tom, my family has to thank you. You've brought us mm-hmm. so many great uh, m- moments and memories in our family group chat. You know, mm-hmm. Uncle John passed away a couple years ago. I hadn't seen him in 30 mm-hmm. years or whatever, so mm-hmm. I wasn't too upset about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so always mm-hmm. fun to share his clips. The fun I, I always forget to tell people he had a really <laughs> weird voice. And that's the he high- never
5: talked, so you, never. nobody knew.
3: No. no, it was like kind of high-pitched. He had this weird, so I'm from an area of New Jersey that we call like, it's like hill people. And (laughs) Uncle John was like one of the hill people. So he had that accent, like that accent, like instead of saying bagel, they say bagel. Instead of saying (laughs) nork, they say nork. You know, these weird things. So he had that accent mixed with like living in Orlando for 25 years. (laughs) And then that's what you heard. And then you know he had the uh, the dental uh, uh, challenges, and uh, you know you got what you saw. The other great thing about Ralphus, and I always want to bring this up, you know when Ralphus wears the dress, yes, it is the same color and cut as the dress my grandmother, his mother, wore in the casket. And I remember being twelve and seeing that, and just being, I don't know, it was like hard to put into words, but it was really, it was. Just uh, a great time to be a uh, V12. I, I couldn't
5: imagine like that being, yeah, my uncle. Even if you, if I hadn't, yeah. to them, like,
3: still, like, it is literally um, the, it is the greatest thing that has ever happened to our family. <laughs> <laughs> and like,
5: uh, they, they mentioned on there, uh, they had been gone for six weeks. Um, I don't post stuff from like Nitro or Thunder because it's on Peacock and
9: right, the account will get right, taken down. Right. But if you,
5: there's like a Thunder episode from around that time like around the like every like there was the backyard wrestling stuff for right companies we're like hey don't do that it's evil norman smiley they did a bit where norman smiley and ralphus went to a backyard wrestling group and (laughs) And
3: you're right they beat (laughs) up the kids yeah and they
5: and norman was like the backyard wrestling champion for a week or two
3: that is like uncle john was like a charismatic guy honestly like i remember as a kid thinking he was like kind of he's weird i don't Mm -hmm. know he's a very strange man Uh, Him and Aunt Mabel. (laughs) It's really real. I know. But like, you know, the first run with Jericho, he's obviously like deer in headlights. And that's what's funny. But the later run, like he's having fun with it. Like he's like, like there's, he's the definition of happy to be there. Look at that! You very much, Ralphus,
8: and of course Norman Spotty. <laughs> right. right now, let's get you back into the arena for more exciting
5: action. <laughs> like, yeah, no, he gets why he's supposed to be there. It, it's great.
3: I know, no, he didn't. I oh, no, he didn't he okay. didn't okay. get it. But he is down. happy to be there. He yeah. does not. He thinks that he is like a main event guy. He well, would the, tell me, he's like, yeah, baby, we're going to. I'm going to Hulk hogan's house for thanksgiving it's me hulk goldberg but that bret hart he's a little bitch he hated bret hart he hated mr perfect he loved hulk loved goldberg and he loved the nitro girls he mis- gave him massages every week at television he said that's true that's uh, what said. Well, i mean there's
5: the story from jericho's book that they pulled him from the road because he started hanging out with women and asking for raises and so yeah that's that all oh my goodness ralph he's the best
3: the best. the best, yeah. honestly, R- RIP, gone yeah. too soon. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but th- th- think about it though, with all
5: these like weird callbacks that AEW does, he I would know. have been on TV with Jericho. Tom,
3: I've been saying this for you know, Tony Khan. I know you listen. I know you watch. I'm saying I'm available if you need a Ralphus Junior in the Jericho Appreciation Society. I can knock these pearly whites out. I can <laughs> drop the shirt, get the belly out and we'll be on our way baby. Oh, well, I I'm sure
5: yeah, once once I'll send the video to him. The the AW account follows me yeah. and I'll send Jeff Jones yeah. the video.
3: Let let uh, let uh Jeff Jones and the Con family know that yeah. uh, I will accept the booking.
4: Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Well, we uh we need to ask how how's Noli doing? I know he's taking on a new gimmick. Yes, he is the amazing dragon. Um
5: he is a uh, booking and wrestling in Passario. Um wow. He he uh, uh thanks to our dear friend Marty DeRosa, a uh, fellow wrestling club member, um we have a ba- we have a backyard wrestling ring in our backyard now, aka trampoline. Um it's, so he's having matches every day. Book and storylines. He's uh, got one now where he, him, and an old friend from the Indies named Dark Bat. They split up because Dark Bat was jealous, and then Dark Bat tried to like attack him for real during a practice. So they had a oh at, yeah. shoot.
3: yeah. He's wow. Shooting.
5: And then all like Dark Bat's friends tried to jump both of them, and uh, but they're under masks, and he's unmasking them one by one, and wow. one of them was almost. And he's like that. Then he explained to me like that guy has to go away, like almost has to go away because WWE said they're going to sue me if we if we continued with him. Um, and he's talking. He's talking about these meetings he has with Tony Khan, where uh, Tony Khan wants to buy his old indie name Boomerang and give it to him. And he's like, Amazing Dragon has his own merchandise. He's a star. Wow. You don't need to be doing that, Tony. Wow. Um, but now he's he's in hog heaven uh if you ever see the black label pro shows on uh iw every month he's like the star there. <laughs> like i felt so bad they, they did like a fancy wrestling show last month where uh the, the gimmick was everybody had to dress up and the fanciest fan won fifty dollars and like a signed poster or whatever and noli wanted to participate and it So they they call up, like, at the end of the show, like, hey, everybody who wants to participate, do this. And he walks up with, like, a bunch of other kids. And when, like, the ring announcer put his hand over the other kids' heads for cheers, it was, like, pin drops. And then, like, he gets, like, a standing ovation. And I felt so (laughs) bad for the other kids. Like, they thought, like, they were, and honestly, a couple of them have, like, really nice dresses and probably were better dressed than he was. But he's over. It's, like, Brett in Calgary can't can't do anything uh but yeah he has his own merchandise because of course he does he has a shirt on pro wrestling tees uh if you go to marty and sarah love wrestling's store they he has a shirt on there all money goes towards buying him toys and figures and wrestling tickets um and he has he has his own podcast as well with marty and sarah every month um where he gets paid in toys and (laughs) yeah it's great yeah, it's, shout out to Marty and Sarah too. They I also
3: get paid in toys for this show.
5: <laughs> Great, yeah. I'm, that's. It, it, I'm telling you what, him getting paid in toys for that podcast takes so much like financial relief off of me having to like buy figures every month. It's tough.
3: inflation <laughs> is difficult, and yeah,
4: uh, yeah. it's yeah. it's yeah. really Look. tough for me. I, Darren asked for a Greg Ganya. those mm-hmm. things are running like $800 on yeah. eBay. It's really just taking a, taken a real...
3: I mean, I've already went through the last uh, pair of Lanny Popo underpantsies, so I'm gonna need another.
5: <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I posted uh, like a GIF of some lady holding up like a tie-dye Nasty Boy shirt on the Deep Cuts account. And I made a joke like, oh, I bet this will be worth like $100 now. And my friend Mike immediately screenshotted the eBay auction for that shirt. And it was over 1000
3: Wow. at that moment. Like, wow, I guess I know what I'm doing with those uh, Lady Poffo panties. Oh, <laughs> oh,
5: I, I think now that the NFT market's dying down, it's going to be like these old WCW shirts. Hell yeah. They're going to be the next scam, I'm telling you.
3: And I'm going to be there on the ground floor yeah. Yeah. raking in the money, baby. <laughs> uh,
4: Darren, you're also raking in the money with your WFMU show.
3: Yeah, millions and millions. <laughs> Saturday nights at midnight, baby. That's when I'll be on. Uh, so check that out saturday nights at midnight wfmu.org around the world or 91.1 fm if you are in the new jersey new york area the blessed new york new jersey area that's
4: uh, it and if you're in the los angeles area there's a new monthly show at little secret uh, uh may 27th is the first one it'll be me and john daly I thought
3: it was a secret. I
4: oh, thought it was a secret. The address is a secret. That's hot. That's <laughs> hot. Uh, a little
3: speakeasy kind of vibe, huh?
4: Yeah, Cape Bamford is doing it next month. We have the Shrimp Boys. It's a it's a real fun fun group of people you going to get the, uh, in stroke? chill backyard. the
3: Strokes going to play? I heard the Strokes are playing there this summer. Is that true?
4: Yeah. Well, you know, we're also doing shows. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in talks with Julian. We're in negotiations. All right. So what everybody- about Stroke that- Nine,
5: the band that did that little Black backpack song? We're going to be yeah. doing a
4: Stroke we We're in negotiation nine. with all the Stroke bands.
3: And we're going to be doing that. And uh, and Brett, uh, you can Venmo Brett uh, all your money for uh, tickets to that event. And uh, it'll all work out for you in the end.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, what's funny is I don't make money off of it.
3: Why? In fact, well, I lose money off of you're it. You're a terrible promoter, Brett. What can I say?
4: Um, but uh, yeah, so you can check that out. And also, two weeks ago, we had RJ City on. Uh, RJ City uh, asked us for a very specific Regis clip uh, that featured Arn Anderson. Today, there's a new Hey <laughs> EW with Arn Anderson. Just saying, check it out. It's uh, real fun. So, uh yeah, Darren, why don't you take us out? Oh, and also follow Not That Tom Green and Deep Cuts. <laughs> All WCW. right. That'll do it
3: for Wrestling Club. <laughs> Thanks again. He's on autopilot. Please. <laughs> Can't <laughs> be interrupted. On YouTube. Uh, the shout out to the man upstairs, Steve. D- I don't forget who I'm doing. All right. Anyway. <laughs> If you dig wrestling club? Please like, share, subscribe, give us a five star rating on the Melter scale. Invite your Once friends. you put Get a quarter and you can't stop you Can't stop me. Follow Tom Green Deep Cuts on on Twitter. <laughs> this is it. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Tom Green on w. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for Wrestling Club. Thanks, to everybody, <laughs> hanging out on YouTube. Thanks to Steve Bee for the theme song and the fine folks at W. Are you going to go back in and put, put the clean one, one in? Like, oh. share, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on the motor scale. Love, pal. Hey friends, right, Check out the archive and spread the word. Wrestling Club. <laughs> next Sunday night live on YouTube with a whole new show, so please check it out. But until then, for Brett, I'm Barron. This has been Wrestling Club. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.